First of all, happy birthday, man. Thanks. FWC Podcast is here to watch you guys beat Marquette. Close yep. game, and then you guys pulled away. Just talk yeah. about the end there. Well, we had a quick talk in the locker room, and we just brought the energy out, turned it up, quit following. That was the main key. Then we just started hitting our shots and finishing around the hoop. Definitely. Just talk about how you guys use your size. I mean, you guys are bigger than a lot of teams, and you all are good with the ball. Yeah, we usually just put a big guy outside and then two bigs inside and then we just run pick and rolls and uh, high lows and then we, that's how we score all the time. Definitely. Uh, you had 20, number 21 had 15 and it looks like you guys have a good inside outside game just with each other. Yeah, we, me and him played a lot. We played in a fall league and we've just been playing since like we were in eighth grade together. So we got the chemistry down pat. For sure. Just yeah. talk about the season where you're at so far. I mean, you guys have had some good wins. Yeah, we had a rough, rough start this year, but we're starting to pick it up and finding all of our roles, and we're on a roll right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we went out the season right now. I don't think I've ever started a show off with an interview. Usually it's the intro, and then we work ourselves into the interviews, the chats with our guests. Tonight we're going to do it different. Today, January 19th, was just at a game. I have been doing a little bit of everything all around the sports world, and now I was helping Dwight High School run the clock, do stats. I really didn't help much, but they were showing me how to do it, so in the future, I can be a backup of the backup of the backup, or, you know, whenever they need somebody to help them out, I'm there to help. But it's cool because I'm always at a game, and tonight's game was Marquette at Dwight. It was cool to talk to both coaches. Of course, Todd Hopkins from Marquette. He's been on this podcast before. Jeremy Connor. I've talked to him four stories at the paper, the newspaper and Dwight that I'm affiliated with that I love writing stories for. Affiliated is in, I work very hard. Love working for them. Shout out to Mary and Mark Boma for sure. But got to be at the game. Had to get a word with Wyatt Thompson afterwards. The junior scored 20 points. Jeremy Capper scored 15, the two big guys for Dwight. They just did a little bit of everything. The ball movement for the Trojans was on point. The ball kept going around the perimeter. They moved it away from the defense at all times and got the shots they needed to, especially in the second half. It was only an eight-point game at halftime, and then they went on to win 59-43. So got a good 16-point victory over a Tri-County Conference While they were doing that, the girls were playing in the Tri-County Conference Tournament, as this is Dwight's first year in the conference. The Lady Trojans defeated Midland 31-30, just squeaked by to move into the Consolation Championship against Putnam County 5 o'clock on Thursday, a.k.a. tomorrow. So it's cool being at the game. Always love being at games. Edge of Your Seat podcast, the paper, always showing out, doing the best that we can to spread the word of all the awesomeness going on in Illinois. Something not awesome going on in Illinois is the weather, but we know this. We're used to it. It's cold. It's snowy. There's ice. Man, 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 man. Always talk about this, and I used to be a guy that didn't complain. Like, why would you complain? Because you know what's coming. It happens every year. (sighs) But I'm getting to the point where maybe I'm just too old. Maybe I'm just tired of driving in it, walking in it. I don't know. I'm not trying to sound old. I'm only 36, and I'm I'm young. I'm going to keep going and doing what I do. But it is just 
insane that we live here sometimes. Like, why? Why do we put ourselves through this? Especially driving. I slid across a highway about two weeks ago. Wasn't even going too fast. Just hit black ice and slid. Thankfully, I didn't hit anything. Thankfully. I was safe. My car was safe. The next day or the day after, a screw found its way in my tire. Had to buy a new tire. Then over the weekend on Saturday, baby shower for the fam. It's over. I go to get my car. I start it. I look down. Don't remember what I was looking at. And all of a sudden I hear this noise. I look up and this truck is driving forward after hitting my car. Backed up into me when I was in it. I was in it. Backed up and hit me. I'm looking like, oh my God, what just happened? I didn't really say anything. I really didn't do nothing because I was like shocked. Like what just happened? So then the truck keeps going. So I'm like, okay, he's going to stop. We'll get insurance information and everything will be okay. No. Drives forward, drives over the curb that's in front of him and takes off. Why? Because he was trying to avoid a DUI. He had to have been. I was completely sober, ready to leave. This dude was also ready to leave, just not completely sober. That's what happens. Kids, don't drink, especially don't drink and drive. But there's also good things about the winter too, right? Sports, basketball, phenomenal. Wrestling, high school style, phenomenal. Bowling, awesomeness. All kinds of crazy cool things going on. Movies, TV, music, always happening. And we always talk about it all right here, thanks to Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Let's run through the plugs. First of all, huge shout out to my guy, my friend, SIU alum, brothers, Brian Cavelli. Thank you for the beat, the intro, outro beat. It's been going two years strong. We're going to keep it rolling because I still love it. I still nod my head as I'm listening to it through the editing process. Absolutely love it. You can listen to all 210 previous episodes and this one, which is 211, on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website rss.com backslash podcasts with an S backslash edge of your seat podcast. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, edge of your seat podcast, Twitter, edge of your seat P. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance, and like I said, this is episode 211, and it is filled with everything. Our guest, special guest, is Amy Bell, longtime Putnam County volleyball coach, nine years. She's been teaching there for 11. We talked in the beginning of October. I had just got home from a White Sox game, back-to-back White Sox games, right before the regular season ended. And they were just about to play in the Tri-County Conference Tournament. And then right after, of course, the IHSA State Playoffs. We've been through this the last couple episodes. Got behind. Life caught us. Got busy. Things were happening. So we haven't been able to put this out yet. We are now. It's a great, great, great conversation. And I didn't want to cut out all the parts of this fantastic team that she had and what they were able to do. Didn't win a regional, but she was happy was happy with the team, enjoyed coaching them, thought the team gelled really well and had fun playing with each other. Couldn't cut any of that out. We had to keep it all in. Had some great conversations about her husband, a really good friend of mine, Jared Bell, worked with him at the LaSalle News Tribune 
for eight years. A lot of memories in this podcast. A lot of good conversation. Had to share. Had to get it out here. Here we are. In the intro, we're going to go over the volleyball postseason. Then catching them up as well. Got volleyball left and boys soccer. Those are the only two fall postseasons that we have not went over. We can't leave anybody out. I know we're middle of winter sports. Postseasons are already starting for boys bowling. Basketball's just weeks, maybe a month away. Wrestling is coming up in about two or three weeks. So we got to get through the fall ones, start breaking down winter, and get the show back to par, back to where we need to be. And again, we apologize for the wait, for that happening. But anyway, show's going to go on. We're going to keep moving. We're going to go over the boys' bowling regionals that were just this past Saturday on January 15th. we got to hit some national sports. The Bears, the NFL playoffs, the Blackhawks, the Chicago Bulls. And then we'll go to the buy-your-seat grab bag. Few topics, few people, few things that we want to talk about. We're going to get to all of that right after a word from our sponsor. Edge of Your Seat Podcast is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranek, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Doug Safranek is from Mendota. Basketball Player of the Year in 2003, and is ready to use his knowledge of vehicles to connect with your wishes to get you the vehicle you're searching for. Jason Hintz has been with Shimmer Mendota Ford for six years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every single way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Shimmer family. Ski, Jason, and Doug will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Shimmer Mendota Ford. Let's start new new right now. So let's go boys bowling regionals. Lot of awesomeness. In the bowling lanes, of course. And just in case you didn't know, there are no classes. Some sports are broken down in classes in terms of enrollment in schools. In bowling, there are no classes. Everybody plays everybody. The Manuka Regional. Manuka won with a 7,008. So 7,008. That's a lot of points. Lincoln Way West was second with 6,392. Joliet West was third with 6017, and Providence Catholic was fourth with a 5788. Usually, if they're not schools that we cover, I won't read all those. But I did because LaSalle Peru finished fifth, just missing becoming an advancing team to go to the sectional. They bowled a 5769. So close, so close for the Cavaliers. Had a great season, just missed that team mark. St. Bede was 7th with a 52 36, 
Ottawa was 9th with a 48-10, and Hall was 12th with a 34-54. The champion was Brandon Caruso, a senior from Nuka, as he had a 14-51. Although a team didn't advance, five bowlers from schools that we tackle every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, five of them advanced to the sectional that will be January 22nd in Orland Park. They bowl at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. That's dedication to your sport in high school, no doubt. The five going to the sectional. Senior from St. Bede, Trenton Acunchis with a 13.06. LaSalle Peru has three bowlers going, all of them juniors. Peyton Baker had a 12.94. Ethan Pico had a 12.55. Chance Hank had a 12.10. And the fifth. Not last, not least, going to the sectional with everybody else. Ottawa senior Colin Sheridan in eleven seventy four. At the Plano North Regional, Mendota finished eleventh with a forty seven sixty nine. Lockport won the regional with a sixty one fifty four. The Sterling Regional, Freeport took it with a sixty one thirty two. But we had two teams advance as Geneseo took second with a 58-66, and Sterling was third with a 56-17. Oregon was fifth with a 53-88, and Dixon was seventh with a 51-86. The two teams advancing, let's go over who made it possible. For Geneseo, junior Gabe Durnell, senior Jacob Hartman, senior Nathan Johnson, senior Matthew Crone, sophomore Landon Pruitt, Senior Carter Van Cleveren, freshman Carter Van Opdorp, and senior Jonathan Widger. For Sterling, junior Dylan Dose, senior Andrew Doty, junior Micah Hernandez, freshman Connor Jaglish, senior Declan Maluli, senior Elton Melcher, junior Tristan Elkrich, and sophomore Brendan Stanley. I mean, we're right here, right? Let's get the drum roll. Name of the game. Every single podcast, we pick a name of the game. A name that's either difficult to say, sounds amazing, seems like an athlete, or a name that you're just like, man, that's a name that you just feel like they're doing what they're doing. Like they got their stuff together and they're awesome. Just because of a name. We got one right here. Geneseo's Carter Van Opdorp. I like that name, Van Opdorp, Van Opdorp. It's kind of like a rap lyric, like it could be a ad lib, Van Opdorp, just in the background. I like it, and I've always liked the name Carter. So, freshman Geneseo, he is the name of the game. Also advancing from the Sterling Regional were four individuals. Oregon had two, and Dixon had two for Oregon. Senior Isaac Kettlebrun had a 12.04. Dixon freshman David Laird had an 11.21. Also with an 11.21 was Oregon junior Brandon Rowe. And Dixon freshman Cody Gill had a 10.94. They will continue to bowl at the Hananiga sectional, which is 9.30 a.m. on January 22nd, this Saturday. Also going to the Hananiga sectional were bowlers from the Sycamore Regional. St. Charles East won it 
Sycamore took fourth with a 55-65 to advance, and DeKalb finished fifth with a 54-86. For Sycamore advancing as a team, junior Evan Borowitz, sophomore Austin Broughton, senior Graham Hillagos, senior Jackson Lang, senior Tommy Rubuletti, freshman Ryan Boyles, and senior Adam Zeller. The advancing individuals, three of them were from DeKalb. Junior, Vocek Caesar with an 1176. Senior, Aaron Lewis with an 1142. And freshman, Michael Ciabaris with an 1139. Those are the advancers for all the teams, all the bowlers that we pay attention to at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. They're going to hit the sectional this Saturday and see if they can get to state which is the biggest honor you can ever ask for. And I know some of these guys got the talent. They got the skills. Let's just see if they can keep their mind in it and get it done when they need to get it done. Speaking of getting it done, I mean, we got to start taking care of our cars, right? Driving around rural Illinois can be taxing on the eyes, on boredom, and of course, your vehicle. Dust, bugs, weather elements such as snow and ice take a toll on the beauty and the longevity of your vehicle. That's just the outside. What about the ice and snow dragged into the back seat by your son who's still trying to play sports outside when you should obviously be on a basketball court or a wrestling mat indoors? Or what about the salt from the sidewalks and parking lots that businesses put on their property right before you and your daughter go shopping? It can all make your car filthy and look dirty and dingy, all of the above. That's where HC Detailing comes in. Located at 1204 6th Avenue, aka Route 34, in Mendota, HC Detailing and owner Horatio Casas will race all the weather elements and grime to keep your car looking like it just came off the showroom, even in the heart of winter. Maybe you find a way to keep your vehicle clean but you hear a loud, louder, and the loudest noise coming from your muffler. Maybe you hear your brakes grinding and it's time for some new brake pads before it eats away and your rotors are next. HC Detailing doubles as Mendota muffler and brakes. In essence, you can have your car cleaned, detailed, and beautified, have your brakes, muffler, suspension, tires, fixed or replaced at the same place. How cool is that? Just in case you didn't know, Extremely cool, extremely important. For HC Detailing and Mendota Muffler and Brakes, amazing services. Call 815-252-9518 or email hch1680 at yahoo.com. Went through bowling, which is happening now. Have to show some love for volleyball. Happened in the fall. Regionals took place October 25th. 26th, 27th, 28th, and then sectionals happen the first couple days of November. Let's start with 1A, the Dwight Regional. In the first round, Dwight defeated Chicago Morgan Park Academy 25-21, 25-9. Illinois Lutheran defeated TriPoint, which is Cullum, 25-8, 25-13. Lexington defeated Gardner South Wilmington, 25-15, 25-10. In the semifinals, Milford defeated Dwight 
25-10. In the Williamsfield Regional quarterfinals, Anawan Weathersfield defeated Galva 25-13, 25-14. In the semifinals, Roanoke Benson defeated Williamsfield 14-25, 25-20, 25-17. Also in the semis, Elmwood defeated Anawan Weathersfield 25-22, 25-18. Roanoke Benson wins the Williamsfield Regional with a 25-18, 25-15 defeat of Elmwood. Unfortunately for Roanoke Benson, they fell in the sectional semifinal in the Abingdon Avon sectional 25-20, 25-11 to Hartsburg Emden. In the Princeville Regional, in a playing game, Midland fell to Peoria Heights 27-25, 25-20. At the Henry Sinatuan Regional, in the playing game, Woodland defeated Serena 23-25, 26-24, St. Bede won a quarterfinal over Marquette 25-21, 26-24. Putnam County, a.k.a. Amy Bell and her squad, defeated Henry Sinanchuan 25-21, 25-22. In the semifinals, Woodland defeated Yorkville Christian 25-22 to 25-19. St. Bede knocked off Putnam County 25-18, 25-14. Then we moved on to the final, and St. Bede won its first regional since 2001 with a 25-17, 25-20 victory over Streeter Woodland. We do have Abby Bosnich and Leah Bosnich, St. Bede coach and player, ready to go. They are going to be an upcoming podcast real soon. They talk about this whole awesomeness of winning only the second regional in program history. And Abby Bosnich played on the first one and coached the second one. That is very, very dynamic. And we got some more awesomeness in that podcast. Can't wait till you hear that one. In the Ashton Franklin Center Regional, playing game, AFC defeated Lamoille 25-21 to 26-24. Quarterfinals, Anawan defeated Amboy, Ohio 25-20, 25-15. Polo defeated Depew by forfeit in a quarterfinal. In a semifinal, Anawan defeated Polo 22-25, 25-18, I know I said Anawan Weathersfield before. I forgot. Anawan and Weathersfield are not a co-op for volleyball. They are for a lot of other sports. Volleyball, they are not. Anawan and Weathersfield have their own squads. Apologize for the mix-up there. In the championship, Pearl City knocked off Anawan. 25-21 to 25-19. At the Lanark Regional, in the semifinal, Newman defeated Forreston 21-25, 25-13, Championship game, Eastland defeated Newman 26-24, 25-23. Indian Creek Regional, Newark defeated Leland 25-8, 25-12. Samanak knocked off Hinkley Big Rock 25-16, 25-21. Those were both first round playing games. In the quarterfinals, Earlville 
knocked off Aurora Christian 25-18, 25-11. And also in a quarter, Indian Creek defeated Mooseheart 25-12, 25-14. Once the semifinals rolled around, Newark defeated Samanac 25-16, 25-15. And Earlville beat Indian Creek 25-17, 25-15. At the Indian Creek Regional Final, Newark was victorious with a 25-10-25-21 victory over Earlville. This put St. Bede and Newark, teams that we care about, into the Serena sectional. In the semifinals November 1st, Eastland defeated St. Bede 26-24, 25-16 to end the Lady Bruins season. Also in a semifinal, Newark knocked off Pearl City in three sets, 25-20, In the sectional championship, Newark got the W with a 25-23, 25-23 win over Eastland. Congratulations to Newark, got a sectional championship, went to the super sectional, which was hosted in Granville, so it was the Putnam County super sectional, went three sets with the eventual state runner-up in 1A, Augusta Southeastern, as Newark fell 25-20, 21-25, Still a great season. One match away from state. Let's go to two-way, the Byron Regional. In a semi, Winnebago defeated Byron 23-25, 25-23, 25-17. Mendota Regional in a quarterfinal. Stillman Valley defeated Sandwich 25-16, 20-25-25-16. In a semifinal, Oregon defeated Mendota 24-26, 25-21-26-24. In the championship for the Mendota Regional, Rockford Lutheran takes it by defeating Oregon 25-17, 25-19. Let's move on to the Prophetstown Regional. In a playing game, Kiwani advanced with a 25-16, 25-18 win over Canton. In the semifinals, Kiwani kept it rolling with a 25-19, 25-17 win over Prophetstown. Their winning ways did end, however, in the regional final as Riverdale defeated Kiwani 20-25, 25-15, 25-23. The Borough Valley Regional in the quarterfinals. Farmington defeated Hall 25-17, 25-16. Burrow Valley defeated Minito Midwest Central 25-16, 25-13. In the semifinals, Princeton got a 25-7, 25-6 route over Farmington. While Burrow Valley fell to Knoxville 25-16, 25-21. Princeton became the Borough Valley Regional Championship with a 25-16, 25-14 win over Knoxville. Then the Tigresses went on to the Knoxville sectional, battled, battled three sets against Macomb, but Macomb was victorious 21-25, 25-14, 26-24. The Tigresses battled tooth and nail to the very, very last point. 
At the Eureka Regional, in a quarterfinal, Fieldcrest defeated Peoria Manual 25-3, 25-1. Unfortunately, semifinal didn't go Fieldcrest's way as they lost in three sets to rival Tri-Valley 18-25, 25-19, In the Kankakee McNamara Regional, in a semifinal, Pontiac defeated Mantino 25-22, 25-27, 26-24. Pontiac loved the three set matches in the postseason, but could not take the one in the final as they fell to McNamara 16-25, 25-18, Cole City Regional. Still, still in two-way, Cole City Regional. In a quarter, Hersher defeated Iroquois West 25-17, 25-8. In the semifinals, Seneca fell to Prairie Central 25-12, 25-15. And in the other semifinal, Cole City defeated Hersher 25-21, 25-17. The final saw Cole City win its own regional with a 25-22, 25-14 victory over Prairie Central. Cole City moved on to the Mantino sectional, but fell to Tri-Valley 25-21, 25-17. 3A Volleyball, the Plano Regional. In a quarterfinal, Plano defeated Thornridge 25-12, 25-8, but couldn't keep it going as they lost in the semifinal 25-3, 25-7 to Joliet Catholic. Providence Catholic Regional. Morris defeated Thornton Fractional North 25-7, 25-9, but then fell to Providence Catholic in its own regional final, 25-21, 25-20. In the Streeter Regional, Streeter fell in the semifinal to Metamora, 25-6, 25-10. Dixon fell in the Galesburg Regional semifinal against Dunlap, 25-11, 25-17. In the Sterling Regional, semifinals, Geneseo beat Ottawa, 25-13, 25-17, while Sterling knocked off LaSalle, Peru, 25-13, 25-23. In the final, Sterling won its own regional with a 25-22, 25-12 straight set victory over Geneseo. In the Dunlap sectional, Sterling's luck ran out with a 25-8, 25-8 loss to Metamora in a sectional semifinal. Still riding in 3A at the Glenbard South Regional. In a semifinal, Sycamore defeated Fenton 25-11, 25-11. In the championship game, Sycamore fell to Caneland 25-14, 25-16, ending their run. At the Burlington Regional, Rochelle fell to Burlington Central in a semifinal 25-10, 25-18. In 4A, the only 4A team that we're really paying attention to as much as possible. DeKalb fell in the Harlem Regional, which is McChesney Park, in a semifinal to Rockford-Guilford, 25-12, 25-16. That is the postseason breakdowns we're going to go through with boys bowling and volleyball. Like I said, we have to, got to, got to show our respects to the sports we haven't touched on yet that had incredible postseasons 
especially after not having postseasons because of COVID-19 last year or last school year. Can't give some people love and not the other people love, even if it's our fault, Edge of Your Seat podcast fault, that shows have not been out as often as they should. We're getting to that. We're getting to that now, like right now. I do got to quit saying that. You guys know the deal. Life happens, right? Unfortunately, we all got things we got to do. But it's just kind of disappointing to, to myself, to this podcast, because we have a lot of fun. This is one of my top priorities. But unfortunately, because of time commitment, work commitment, things like that, it gets pushed a little bit. We don't want that. I don't want that. We got to keep this going. So I'm sorry I say that all the time. But this is how much this means to me that you guys listen, the love and support and people reaching out to me like, hey, where's the show at? Hey, let me get some merch. Hey, I want to hear you talk to this person or what's your next interview? Like that lets me know that this has to keep going on and we got to keep pushing. So I will quit saying things like that. You already know the deal. Just, you know, you get disappointed and just want to share and keep going with your people, your supporters and the Edge of Your Seat podcast universe. So that's it. Let's keep it going. And we'll take a pause right here for a word from Olson Construction. We've already discussed that it's cold. There's snow. There's ice. Not a lot of things you can do outside. And there really isn't, especially when it comes to fixing, remodeling, working on your home. However, you can still do things inside. There's improvements you can make all over the place. Stairs, tiling, in the bathroom, bedroom, front room, kitchen, basement, attic. Olson Construction has the ability to make everything in your house suit you or your family. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Not only do brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have the skills to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, formulate, and percolate, time for the percolator, but they also have the experience of more than 10 years to take care of your home renovations from blueprint to completion with your thoughts, opinions, and wishes taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. We have to talk about the Chicago Bears. We have to. We just got to. Matt Nagy, gone. Ryan Pace, gone. Thank you. This should have happened last year. And then when the Bears were still playing awful, really bad football, they both should have got canned halfway through the season. I know the Chicago Bears have never done it before, never turned their back on a person, a coach, during the middle of the season. I'm not saying all people, I'm just saying a coach. Have not done it in the middle of a season. Traditions are made to be broken. Matt Nagy should have been gone. He made the Bears look like a joke. A joke. It was a mockery of football. An absolute mockery. Every game, there was about 10 to 15 calls that he would make, or bad timeouts, or just the judgment of the way he used his players. He had some talent on this team. But the positions that he put him in, the plays that he called and the way he wanted him to play, 
was not what they were suited for and not what this team was suited for. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. That's why they were a joke. And were one of the worst teams in the NFL, if you ask me. The record doesn't say they were the worst, but they didn't score points. They were towards the bottom. I think they were bottom three. The Lions scored more points than the Bears did. Yeah, we'll just leave that there. So they opened the coaching carousel, and they're interviewing a gazillion guys. I'm surprised I didn't get a phone call asking if I want to interview for this job. I may have taken it or probably would have applied and went to an interview. I would have. My two favorites out of the guys that are actually getting interviewed are Brian Flores, head coach of Miami Dolphins, and Jim Harbaugh, who is coaching in Michigan. I have had discussions about Harbaugh and why would he leave Michigan? Why would he come back to the NFL, go to Chicago Bears, who have not been a winner in a long time? They've not won a Super Bowl in 35, 36 years. I'm 36. It was before I was born, like like months before I was born. Had a couple good teams since then. A lot of talk about the McCaskies and how they are not football owners. They're just in it for the money, and that's all that they worry about. And if you're a Bears fan, we all say that because we all think it's true. Why would Jim Harbaugh do that? I don't know. He's a winner. In terms of football, he's as close to a perfectionist as there are at the coaching level. I mean, he's not Brian Belichick. He's not Bill Belichick, but he's... No, he's not close. Nobody's close. But he's a really, really good coach that would change things for Chicago. So that's why I threw him up there. I understand why he want to come, but I understand why he should too. Flores, I think he's a good coach. I think he could change some things in Chicago. I think anybody can change some things in Chicago compared to Matt Nagy. Just saying. Although the Bears season is done, that doesn't mean everybody else's is. NFL playoffs are going on. We had the first rounds, the wild cards. This past weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, always get pumped up for playoff football. Always, every year. However, these games were boring. Boring. Only two of them were halfway interesting, and only one of them was really interesting. Boring, Bills blow out the Patriots. Boring, Kansas City Chiefs rout the Pittsburgh Steelers. Boring, Los Angeles Rams smoke the Arizona Cardinals. Boring, Tampa Bay Buccaneers whoop on the Philadelphia Eagles. Semi-interesting, Cincinnati Bengals hold on against the Las Vegas Raiders, 26-19. But the most exciting game, which I thought was going to be a blowout, San Fran, the 49ers, edge, like barely edge, the Dallas Cowboys, 23-17. And it comes down to the last play of the game. They're running seconds, they're ticking. After Dak Prescott runs up the middle of the field, gets tackled, does, can't get out of bounds. They have no timeouts. There's like 10 seconds on the clock. They're trying to get to the line of scrimmage to down the ball, spike the ball. The referee has to touch the ball before they can do this. Referee's running, trying to get in between the big guys, the big uglies in front. Dak Prescott does not hand him the ball. Is just trying to get it on the ground to spike. And the game ends because the ref doesn't touch it before Dak can hike it and get a playoff. Game over. The weirdest crazy ending to a playoff football game I have ever seen 
ever. But that's just the Cowboys, right? They can never get it together. There was people thinking like, hey, this is their year. They got a squad. They have tons of talent. They do got a squad. But they there's a curse. Like, they can't get over the hump. I think Dak Prescott is the guy to do that. But something within the Dallas Cowboys is not letting that happen. So we got eight teams left. Four AFC, four NFC. We got the Buffalo Bills against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go Bills. Cincinnati Bengals against the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go Bengals. I would love to see the Bengals and the Bills play each other for the AFC Championship. That would be fantastic. I will give the lead, the win to the Bills. Going to the Super Bowl. Let's do it, Bills. NFC. Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Los Angeles Rams. Green Bay Packers defeat the San Francisco 49ers. In the NFC Championship, I got the pack. I hate them. I literally hate the Green Bay Packers. (sighs) But, but, I think the NFL just has a way with storybook endings. I am not saying that these games are set up. They're rigged. For somebody to win. I'm not saying that because I hope it's not true. But look at Peyton Manning. Look at John Elway. Look at Tom Brady. It's their last year at a squad. They're going to retire. They get a a Super Bowl ring. And then if they decide to play again, they go to another team and win another ring. Why not have that happen to Aaron Rodgers? Are they going to put him in the pedestal with those quarterbacks that I just said? I can see it. They might hate him because of things that he says and he's cocky and, you know, how he carries about himself. But he's also a Hall of Fame quarterback on a storied franchise squad that they would love to have in the Super Bowl. So I'm picking Green Bay to not only win the NFC Championship, but I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I hate it. I don't want to say that. But I see the writing on the wall. Have to talk about the Bulls. Love me some Chicago Bulls, of course. The Bulls held on for the 117-104 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight to keep them in first place. The Miami Heat are not a game back, but in terms of percentage-wise, the Bulls got the lead of the Eastern Conference at 651. Heat are 644. But the Bulls are 28-15. The Heat are 29-16. So we'll see what happens. The Bulls are beat up. Zach Levine didn't play tonight. Derek Jones is out. Lonzo Ball's out. Alex Caruso just came back. So they're beat up, trying to play the best ball that they can. Before this win against the Cavaliers, they had lost four in a row. And that was like right after they had won nine in a row. They win nine in a row, lose one to Dallas, win a game, and then lose four in a row. Hopefully this win against the Cavaliers starts something in motion. It's weird, the Cavaliers are 6th in the Eastern Conference. They're only 2.5 games back. 76ers are only 2.5 games back. They're in the 5 spot. Bucks are 2 games back in the 4th. And the Brooklyn Nets are a half game back in 3rd. This Eastern Conference is so close. It's great to pay attention to. Remember, not too long ago, the Eastern Conference was awful. Like, bad, bad, bad. There was 3 good teams and 1 dominant. Usually the Cavaliers because of LeBron James. But even after the sixth spot, 
The Charlotte Hornets are only four games back at seven. The Washington Wizards are eight, only six games back. Nine and ten, Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors are six and a half back. Knicks are 11th, seven games back. The Hawks are 12th at nine and a half back. All 12 of those teams are playing for playoff spots. I will call the Pacers, the Pistons, and the Orlando Magic out. Pacers are 13 and a half back. Pistons are 18. Magic 21 and a half. I will count those three as out. The other 12 are all playing for a playoff spot and are all going to be tough outs and are fun to watch. That's awesome. I'm really happy because I love Eastern Conference ball. Not that I don't like the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns and West and the teams in the West, but I'm a diehard Chicago Bulls fan from the time I came out of the womb. So you grow up watching them play the Pacers and the Cavaliers and the Bucks. In the late 90s, the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat were the coolest games to watch because they were mean, they were vicious, and they were so awesome. The early 90s Charlotte Hornets, the mid-90s Orlando Magic teams, the teams that I grew up watching were all on the East Coast. The first big three that I remember, Boston Celtics, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, East Coast. My second favorite player after Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Philadelphia 76ers. Just a huge Eastern Conference guy, and it's amazing, amazing that it's back on the map and it's fun to watch again. And every single game seems like it means something, which we want that as sports fans, as NBA fans. So let's go, bullies. Let's quit getting hurt. Let's quit getting COVID-19. I know it's tough. Everybody's getting it. But let's get back on the winning track. Let's take this Eastern Conference Championship. Let's go. Got to talk about the Blackhawks real quick. Don't really do a lot of Chicago Blackhawks talk. They lost their last game to the Seattle Kraken. I love that name. Should just call them McCracken. Lost 3-2 to the Seattle Kraken on Monday, January 17th, in a shootout. But before that, we're on a four-game winning streak. It's cool to see them win some games. They're second to last in the Central Division, though, at 15-18. and 18. It's not looking great. I think they're playing better than some expected, including myself. But we're not going to the playoffs. It's really just watching Blackhawks games just to watch hockey and say, hey, it's winter. Let's watch it. That's about it. Hopefully things change, but not this year. I don't see it. Let's get to the grab bag. The buy your seat grab bag, because you don't know what we're going to talk about. We're just going to throw some topics out there, say our point of views, and roll through. College football championship game, Georgia. Whoa. Whoa. I had Alabama hands down. No way Crimson Tide was going to lose to the dogs, the Bulldogs. No way. No way. 33-18 tells me differently. Georgia knocking off Alabama. Making Nick Saban look stupid, which we all like, at least if you're out of Alabama. Crazy game. Never thought that was going to happen. I thought Alabama had it by the book. Nope. 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 Georgia came barking and biting and brought the dogs to beat the Tide. John Lester retires. Great, great, great pitcher in Major League Baseball. A lot of fun to watch him. Glad he was a Chicago Cub. Glad he helped the Cubs win a World Series, break the curse. A lot of it had to do with him. 
Don't know how close you watch Instagram or the pop-ups that you see on your Yahoo or your browser. Britney Spears is going crazy. She's a free woman. I forget the technical name that they're calling it, but this legal thing that she was going through for the last 12 or 13 years is over. She can do what she wants. She's dancing half naked, putting pictures on Instagram where she is naked, just a little bleeps and stuff so you can't see her parts. She doesn't care. She's like, hey, I'm out here. It doesn't matter. I guess she's doing her thing. It's insane, though. I've seen pop-ups and notifications about this everywhere. Why disrespect yourself like that? I don't get it. You, at one point, were a pop icon, and you were an inspirational role model to so many people, and now you're just kind of out there. I mean, maybe not out there in a bad way. I mean, you got the right to do whatever you want to, right? You do, and so do I, and so does everybody else walk in the face of the planet. I just don't get it while you're putting yourself out there so people like me in the middle of the country, nowhere by you, never met you, just listen to your music when I was 13 years old, can talk about what you're putting on Instagram. Is this a publicity stunt? Yeah, I think so. And the last thing for the grab bag, Shameless. I'm rewatching it. It's a rewatchable. I'm on the end of season eight. I think I just watched the season finale of eight. Got three more seasons to go. I've seen them all once except the last season. But I had to go back through, get reacquainted with these crazy characters, crazy storyline that I love. I will always watch this show and love this show. If you've not watched Shameless, watch it. I don't know what you're doing not watching it. What kind of rock are you living under? Flip it over, turn on your TV set, and watch some Shameless. Well, that's a wrap for episode 211. We got our guest, Amy Bell. Great coach, great friend, great mom. She does it all. Listen to her talk. Sorry, once again, about the lateness. Won't happen again. She's cool. I reached out. She's like, hey, understand. Let's just hear it. So here we go. Enjoy. Until next time. Peace. Had to get an amazing volleyball coach on this podcast. We're going to talk to Putnam County coach Amy Bell. Almost said Kreiser. Almost. Almost. But it's Amy Bell. Amy, how are you? Doing great, Brandon. So nice to meet with you. For sure. I only dropped the Kreiser name because you are still Amy Kreiser on my phone. As soon as we get <sighs> off of the phone, I am going to change it to Amy Bell. Oh, I wouldn't be offended, but you know Jared would be offended. For sure, right? <laughs> Jared is going to hear this and he's going to send me a text immediately. <laughs> You got it. He definitely is going to be all over that. <laughs> and of course, we are talking about Jared Bell, employee with the News Tribune in LaSalle. We worked together for eight years. Really, really good friend. Don't mean to put him out like that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk some volleyball, Putnam County style. How has your season been going so far, Amy? 
Um, you know, within the last week or so, there's just really been a change in the season. I'm super excited about the group of girls that I have, and we're just starting to have some very, very competitive matches. We went to Braidwood last Saturday to the Reed Custard Tournament, um, and there were 12 teams there. We played some really big schools, but played competitively, and we ended up beating Mendota while we were there in three sets, and just the excitement in the girls and the fire in their eyes and how excited they were about the game. That's totally why I do this. Just all of that passion came out in that moment. It just really enlightened them, I think, for the rest of the season and their potential that they have. So this week, then we went to Seneca, which is um, Seneca seated very high in our conference, and they're always very good. Then we took the first set at Seneca, and then unfortunately, by the third set, we were a little tired and we didn't weren't able to finish. But uh, hopefully going into the conference tournament, that's just a really a big confidence builder. So, Tri-County Conference is just around the corner. When does it start? Beginning of October, right? Uh, yeah, it actually starts on Saturday. So we have a conference game. That we have three games this week, and then the conference tournament starts on Saturday morning. How confident are you with your team going into the tournament? You know, I really think that the girls are starting to peak. We've started to run a new lineup in the last couple of weeks. Um, we have some younger classmen that are just doing a very, very nice job. And I have a setter that was actually um, the first uh, News Tribune um, all-area player this week. You know how they vote for those players. I can't think of the exact term, but um, she won that this week, Tori Balma. And um, she's just an amazing leader. And I think even though we're seated lower than we would have liked in the conference tournament, that's definitely got the girls kind of out to play really well and show up what their seed is and hope that they can uh, prove that they should have been seated better than that. What seed are you entering this tournament? We got the sixth seed. Who do you play first match? We go into the tournament on Saturday playing Marquette, and Marquette is a three seed. The funny thing is we'll play Marquette on Thursday night in the regular season, and then we'll turn around and I would assume Marquette's not playing a game on Friday because usually Friday is football. And we don't play on Friday, so then we'll play them again on Saturday morning. So there you go. I'm guessing you have not played them yet this season since... We have not. Nope. We have not played Marquette since last spring's weird season. That was our last match before COVID kind of shut my season down. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. What are you looking to, I guess, maybe polish up on in practices or, you know, key strong points going into these matches in the conference? Yeah, I think we're really looking to, like, polish up our serve receive and know that we have to run an effective offense at the net. We have some very strong hitters and just making sure um, that they are looking for shots and listening to what's open and running some different options. And I also think that our uh, service game has to be aggressive. We sometimes struggle behind the line um, because we serve very aggressively and then we end up with maybe too many missed serves and that takes us out of the game. So we've just been working a lot on our accuracy but still being aggressive and scoring points on aces from the line so gotcha besides boma who are some other players that you're looking to you know continue to be awesome or you know step up their game to help you guys win these matches down the road 
Yeah, for sure. I have a, um, a senior libero, Jaden Trone, um, and she's a huge um, component to our defense. She's one of the area leaders in digs and just does a really, really nice job and is a great kid, like would do anything for her teammates. And I've been with her for a lot of years. She was on my seventh grade club team with IVP. And so I really enjoyed watching her grow. Then I have um, a sophomore middle. Um, her name is Maddie Raketa, and um, she is a huge presence for us at the net. Um, she's doing a really, really nice job running different options. And I think she's She's just really working on her defensive side of her game. We've worked a lot with our blocking. And then I have a sophomore outside hitter, Ava Hatton, that's really stepped into a role kind of mid-season and is just looking to define herself. You know, these are um, her first opportunities on the varsity, but she molds well, like fits in really well with the girls and is just kind of taking it all in and is very coachable, just listening to everything and making those adjustments as she needs to. And then I have a few more seniors, a, a senior outside, Sophie Uzella, that has been very consistent, kind of like our steady Eddie, I'd say, this year. Just keeping the ball in the court and scoring points when she can um, based off good shot. And I have a senior right side hitter that does a really nice job as well. She's a lefty and is just that like happy-go-lucky kid all the time, working hard in a senior middle to Sydney Miller. Sydney got to play middle again this year after last year, me kind of moving her around. And I'm just impressed with her work ethic. So I just love being with this bunch of girls. There's others that come off the bench, like Peyton Skinner, um, a DS, and a few other juniors and stuff. And they just work really well together. And they're a group of girls where my husband said to me at the beginning of the season, wow, you guys must be good. And I'm like, I don't know why you would say that. And he's like, because you're never mad when you come home from volleyball. And usually, like, if it's there, you're not going to be very good, you'll get frustrated. And I'm like, well, this group of girls will do anything. And they work really hard. And I love every minute I spend with them. And so that just makes it fun and makes the job totally worth it. It's not a job anymore then. I was just going to say that. It's kind of like that old cliche. If you're doing something that you love with people that you like to be around, it's not really work. You're exactly right. Like people will say to me, why, why do you do this? You have three kids at home. Like you have a baby at home. And I'm like, this is kind of my thing. I say it's my out. God bless us with boys. And I love my boys to death, but this is my girl time. I say, um, and just kind of my, uh, you know, some women go shopping or go get their nails done. And I head to the gym with the girls. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. We got to throw a shout out to the boys. We got Maddox, Eli, and you can beat me up later. I cannot place the name of your third child. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. His name is Parker. He's new. He, he's, he's fresh, you know, so. <laughs> I don't, you probably haven't met him yet. I have not. I have built Lego castles and all kinds of stuff with the other two, but I have not met the third one. Yeah, the world's been kind of crazy. Sometime soon, though, Brandon. Sometime soon. Definitely, definitely. How old is Parker? Uh, he's nine months. Yep. So, the definition of fresh. Yeah. I mean, I would say so, right? <laughs> he was born just before the last volleyball season because of the weird COVID year. He should have been born, like, after volleyball, but he was born, um, yeah, just before that. And so, he's living two volleyball seasons in his first year Like That's a trooper right there. <laughs> That's a, he's definitely a trooper. Definitely a trooper. Are you, are you starting yeah. to get irritated that you haven't had a girl yet to be a volleyball player? 
No, you know, I'm going to get irritated. I, I think everything happens for a reason. And I love my boys, and we're very blessed with them. And they're great kids. And I don't know, maybe, maybe God thought I got enough girl time with volleyball and those kinds of things. And he thought I'd be a better boy, boy mom. I don't know. But sports are kind of my life. You know my dad very well from coaching. And I love all the boys' sports, too. I, I don't know. That's how Jared and I met. And I feel like sports are a big enough por- portion of our life that maybe that's why. And who knows? Maybe the boys won't even like sports. I don't know. But I hope they like it at least a little bit, right? <laughs> Between your love for volleyball and what you were able to do as a player and Jared. Okay, he wasn't a player, but he loves sports and has wrote about it for a long time. I have a really good feeling your kids are going to love sports. I hope so. Maddox is just getting into it. I got to coach him in T-ball this summer, and it's just so fun. I'm trying to embrace these, like, coaching moments when he's little because I know when he gets bigger, it's not going to be cool to have your mom doing it. You know, that's more of a dad role. But I'll definitely be involved with it, and we'll be practicing. And, you know, mom's always got some advice to give. He played soccer this fall, and I'm not really – I don't know enough about soccer. So I think maybe he liked that just a little bit more because I didn't always have something to tell him that he could improve on, right? (laughs) Yeah. After a while, you're like, okay, mom, just stop. Just stop. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) I got to work on that. But I know Jared, too, so I'm sure he's feeding in the ear, too. Yeah, you know, Jared is so laid back about things. I think Jared and I are just different in that realm. You know, he cares about them and cares about it and he wants the kids to succeed, but he just has a much more laid back personality. And I, I think that maybe coming from coaching, like there's always something to do better, be better. And even with teaching, you know, like high expectations. I don't know. I always have high expectations for my students and my own kids and my players. And I think that's just really important in life. Like, how are you going to go anywhere in your life if no one sets high expectations for you? I don't know. I haven't always been, I'm not okay with the average, right? Like there's always something more that we can achieve. So I look at life like that every single day of my life, so I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I do, you know, we're talking about just enjoying the season. I have to say, I have to give a shout-out to my assistants. They are great. I coach with Brian Baumgartner, and he's new to the area, and he is just a great colleague to have. And um, we just are a really good team together. And I also coach with Abby Del Valley, which is an area name. Um, She went to LP, and I just think um, we kind of are a little dream team and bounce ideas off each other a ton, and that really makes a job great, too, when you love the people that you work with. I think it makes it awesome. No doubt, no doubt. How many years have you been with Putnam County? Oh, so let's see. Um, I always have to count, Brandon. Is that bad? Is it bad that you always <laughs> Not at all, not at all. I remember so, your first year, so in my head, I'm trying to think of when you started as well. Yeah, so we're in 2021, and this is, I started teaching in 2010, so this is my 11th year teaching, so it should be my ninth year coaching at PC, yeah. And what do you teach at Putnam County? I teach second grade. It's perfect. They're the perfect age. I um, I could never go work at the high school as a teacher. I like to coach those kids, but second grade, those primary ages are definitely my passion for my everyday job. So you'll teach them some math, and then you'll be like, hey, don't forget that you need to practice volleyball so you can be on my team. Do you tell them that? <laughs> I mean, it 
super great like at the end of the year when we have our little kids camp like all the girls want to come and especially because brian um is the elementary pe teacher so then we get lots of kids you know like he's encouraging it over there and they're like yeah i had mrs bell at second grade so that's cool yeah and they just know there was an article about the girls and i was in the paper like the local paper here you know and the news or whatever and a bunch of the kids brought me the article and it's just super cute that they kind of can see the success of the older girls and ask me about game day and stuff like that so that is fun i think it gives those kids something to strive for we don't have a lot of high school helpers this year but we have a program at pc where the seniors can volunteer and come over because the schools are so close and work in our classrooms like with the kids and actually the only three high school helpers we have this year are three of my volleyball players so it's a fun like role model thing too i think for kids i think it's gonna be like a super fun postseason if you've been following i'm sure you've been following the scores and stuff and it's fun to see like say beat uh beat a seneca but then the other night say beat lost to mendota we beat a mendota so we're gonna play st beat tomorrow night and i just think it's super fun mendota lost to hall we beat a hall i think it'll be fun to see where all the teams fall in the postseason and like what kind of runs can be made i'm i'm really pumped that the ihsa has all of their postseasons going and i i think it's hard to give the girls goals to work for when there's not that big like light at the end of the tunnel you know you bring up a couple great points first great point i want to elaborate on is it seems like everybody in this area doesn't matter class level anything like that it seems like everybody can beat everybody I think that there's a like this group of girls, this age level, just from club and stuff. There's a lot of good players, and and we all know that volleyball is a game of momentum. So it's kind of like who's hot at the right time. And I've been telling people, I'm not ready for them to peak yet. Like I want them to peak at the end of October, and I tell the girls that all the time. Like, don't be upset about this now. Keep it as a learning experience and move forward. And let's peak at the end of the month where it matters the most. Second point I want to bring up was the postseason. So play the whole season, you know, trying to build your team the best that you can. You get to the postseason, you get your regional seedings, you get all that. And, you know, it's very tough. And if you have a young team, you know, they, they're not prepared. If you have an older team, they're ready to go. With your team coming into, you know, conference tournament this upcoming week and the postseason right around the corner, how do you feel about your team entering both of them, really? Um, you know, I think we have some good, like, senior leadership, but we also are very young. But I would also say the girls, like, strive for a challenge, and they want to be challenged, and um, they want to be competitive. And so they're they're excited about the postseason, and they want to make, you know, a statement in the conference tournament, and hopefully we'll be able to make a statement in the regional as well. I mean, I'm hoping... Yeah, that we draw a good seat out of the regional and get to go to Henry, where I think our other um, subsectional uh, host is Indian Creek. So hopefully we stay here local and get to play some teams that we've seen before and kind of can show them how we've grown throughout the course of the season. Awesome. Definitely. I'm ready for conference tournaments. I'm ready for postseason. Obviously, we didn't have them last year with COVID-19, so I know I'm pumped, and as a coach and your players, I know all of you are pumped. Yes, definitely. Before you had kids, we're gonna we're gonna backtrack a little bit. Before you had kids, 
you and Jared would come over to my place all the time, and we would watch wrestling pay-per-views because I had the network, and you would grade papers, and we would, you know, pick winners and things like that. Are you still watching wrestling pay-per-views? Are you a wrestling fan now? You know, Brandon, I I don't know that I could ever really consider myself a wrestling fan. I did it because I liked hanging out with Jared. I liked hanging out with you. We always had a good time. I like a little friendly competition, so you guys would let me, like, pick a winner based on how they looked or what I thought was cool about their name. I never really knew much about it. I remember my brother watching it, my dad, when we were little, but it's really not my thing. I mean, Jared has a network, but he goes in the other room and will watch it. Like, if it's a wrestling night, he watches it, or he'll tell me, it's a pay-per-view night, you're doing bedtime by yourself. So, yeah, I I don't get the same hype that you and Jared do from it. Sorry, Brandon. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to have to come over to one of these pay-per-views and uh, bring a taco bar like you did in my house one time. Oh, for sure, or just come over. I'll host the taco bar. The boys love tacos. So if you can handle the children, you're welcome to come over and watch the pay-per-view. We'll even after the taco bar, then you guys can go into another room, and I'll keep them out of there so there's wrestling. I'm I'm not so sure that it's um, 100% appropriate for a 5-year-old and 3-year-old. You know, they got to get a little bit older first, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to teach them to uh, body slam their brothers at 5 years old. Yeah, you know, usually I tell Jared, um, maybe the wrestling's not going to be on when the kids are in the room. That's, I I know. I run a tight ship, he would say. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say it was probably two WrestleManias ago. I was at your guys' house, and I was legitimately building Legos and building blocks with Maddox. Yep, yep, that's that's usually how it goes, you know, and he was probably at that age then where he wasn't even aware of what was on the TV. Now he would be like all zoned in, you know, and asking 500 questions about it. So, <laughs> so I'll let you watch it piece this time if you decide to come over. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And the funny thing is, is we built this like crazy cool tower looking thing and then he came in like Godzilla and just destroyed it all. Yep, it sounds like a true child right there. Awesome, awesome. Although, he's not in the destroying stage either. He wants to, like, keep everything up. So if you built anything, we have tons of new cool building materials, and he wants to, like, leave them up for the whole week. And I'm like, dude, we can't have all this up all week. Like, we gotta take it down and build something new. Like, it's okay. So he definitely would not destroy your creation, Brandon, if you want to come over and use all of your creative genes and make whatever you want. I promise he won't destroy it now. Well, I'll let him start and I'll just follow his lead because he's pretty creative himself. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go then. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. Every guest that we have on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we have play a game. We are going to play Hot Potato. I'm going to toss you to people, place, things, objects, whatever, You pick the one that you like the best. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. We'll start sort of kind of easy. Pepsi or Coke? Um, I think I'd have to say Coke. White Sox, Cubs? Cubs, for sure. I was just at back-to-back White Sox games, so that kind of hurts my feelings. I'm sorry, Brandon. I I, I think I 
like been a Cubs fan from the womb. It's just the family that you're brought into. Definitely. And you mentioned your dad earlier, and I did not throw his name out there. Got to give a shout out to Ron Kreiser, who was a longtime girls basketball coach at Fieldcrest. Got to got to give him a shout out. Yeah, for sure. Yes. My dad inspired me to do all of this, and he coached our whole lives growing up. And um, once we had kids, I said, I think I want to keep coaching. Like, do you think that's bad, Dad? And he's like, do you feel like your childhood was ruined? I was like, no, I loved being in the gym, and I loved all the things that I learned. And I got to coach with him some junior high um, before I started on my own. And I just learned so much from him and his coaching partner. So that was cool. Debit card or cash? Some people carry around a lot of cash. Some people do not. Which one do you use more? Oh, the debit card. I feel like I never have cash. Although lately, I like always try to have a little bit of cash so that I can just sneak in that coffee trip without Jared knowing that I got a good coffee. <laughs> like, Jared, you do not need to know about my coffee habits. I mean, the bean box is fabulous, and I can quick get over the river fast before school, and that's just a wonderful treat for the day. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Regular coffee or espresso? Espresso. How many of them? Oh, I mean, I, it's definitely like I got to have a decaf even. Otherwise, I just get going too much. So one one a day. I, I love the taste of it. I want to have a lot more, but one is probably my max so I can like function throughout life, right? I <laughs> gotcha. Apple juice or orange juice? Probably apple juice. I'm not a juice person, but... Okay. We were talking about tacos, the taco bar, and the one that you made brought it over to my house was amazing. Talking about tacos, beef, chicken, or steak tacos? Chicken. You said that quick, like you already knew it was chicken. Yeah, I like chicken. I mean, I'm good with beef, but I just like chicken dishes a lot. If we were not to eat, I'd probably get something like fish or shrimp, because Jared won't eat that, so I don't make it at home. But otherwise, I like chicken. That would be my second go-to. Tortilla shells, flour or corn? Flour. Me too, but I feel like we're in the minority. Yeah, I do too. I don't know. I think that's something like what you're raised on too. We never had corn. And I think I have an issue with like all of the things falling out of the taco with how small the corn shells are. It's not about the taste. I just don't want the mess. And that is a great point. That always happens with corn shells. Yeah, like I like the way they taste, but I also really like to like have lots of things on my taco, not just the meat and the cheese, you know? And I don't want it all falling out everywhere, and then I look like a hot mess while I'm eating it. For sure. Totally agree with that. We're almost to, you know, cool, casual weather. You're at your house. Jeans and a hoodie, sweatpants and a hoodie. Ah, sweatpants and a hoodie. Going to the classroom, math or English? I I don't know. I do love writing, but I also love teaching math. I think it's really fun for kids to learn all the, like, different little math tricks and stuff. So, which way are we going? Oh, man, Brandon, now you're going to make me pick. Okay, math. (laughs) I mean, we will, you know, exaggerate things at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We'll, you know, do things like that. But you got to pick, you know, one way or the other. All right, I have to have a solid answer. Sometimes it's hard to make a choice. Like, you know, going out, where do you want to go out to dinner? I feel like we go back and forth a hundred times before we make a choice. (laughs) For sure. One more. 
We're going back to the taco bar. <laughs> Brennan needs tacos. He's ready. I don't know when the next pay-per-view is, but he's going to be texting me after we get out, off of this to say, hey, it's this day. Get the taco bar ready. I am. I am definitely going to do that. <laughs> For sure. Guacamole or salsa? Uh, probably guacamole. Perfect. I wish I knew how to make a good guacamole, though. My brother does a really good job with it, but he lives in Omaha, so not going to be able to get that on a dime, you know? <laughs> well, if he starts now, makes it, sends it through, like, a refrigerator, UPS, and gets it to you by the next WWE pay-per-view, we'll be ready for the taco bar with his guacamole. Yeah, and it'll be brown by then. Even in the refrigerator UPS? I mean, avocados don't, they gotta be fresh. Otherwise, that's why you can't, like, refrigerate guacamole that long. Ugh, true. Like, the stuff that lives in the fridge at the stores, that definitely has some preservatives in that. And once you open it up, then it's turning brown. True, and we don't want all the preservatives and all that craziness. Yeah, see, you just gotta have it fresh. I just gotta have some time, maybe, to put into it. But that's probably not, I, I don't think I'm gonna be become a guacamole expert during volleyball season. It's gonna have to wait a little while. <laughs> probably. Or we could just, you know, send a plane ticket, I'll pay half of it, for your brother to come out here to make some guacamole. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Maybe, right? Or, or we could just go to the local Mexican establishment and pick some up. <laughs> Oh, that would be so easy, but yeah, that's probably the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amy Bell, thank you very, very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Talk some volleyball, Putnam County style. Talk some wrestling, sort of, kind of. Talk some guacamole, taco bar, because that is amazing. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me, Brandon. It was great to be with you. 